Hey Teak Nation, this is Trenton Morgan and I'm the digital content creator here at Talk Kappa Epsilon. We hope you are staying safe and you and your loved ones are healthy and following the CDC guidelines. This episode was recorded prior to the coronavirus pandemic being widespread across the US. As well, we are excited to be trying a brand new setup for this episode. And so if you hear anything weird with the audio, that'll explain it. If you like this format and you appreciate all the different opinions you get from all the members here on staff, please be sure to follow and let us know, and please enjoy this episode. Yeah, and you're the seventh group I've hit this week. They're like, how do you have this much energy still? And I said, I, 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 I scraped down to the bottom <laughs> of the barrel and it's... You're listening to the Teak Nation Podcast with Donnie Aldrich, where we strive to educate, inspire, and entertain you with tips and lessons from frauders and friends of TKE. Thank you for joining us. What is up, Teak Nation? This is Nick Kimball coming to you with a special episode of the Teak Nation Podcast. We have the Road Warrior episode, which everyone knows is where the glory is at. On the road, on the open road, doing exciting things, rebuilding the fraternity, and helping everyone achieve their goals. We have a special episode coming to you. We're going to go around the horn and introduce everyone, and we'll start out at the far end of the table over there with Shane McClure. How are you? Doing very well. How are you, Nick? Peachy, peachy, peachy. Yeah, just just keep on going, fellas. It's it's just it's easy. What's going on, Nick? Uh, Joey Criswanos here. How are you doing today? Cool. Maybe you two could introduce who you are. I know you all think you're very important, but... This is uh, Shane McClure, Associate Regional Director in the Northeast, coming to you from Indianapolis. Joey Kurzwanis, former ARD for the Midwest, now the Health and Safety Specialist for the Fraternity. Santos Lara, the Regional Director for Region 2, all of our chapters and colonies down there in the good old southern part of the United States. I've heard of you. This is Victor Casanova, the Expansion Coordinator for Talk of Epsilon. This is Kevin Warnke, Associate Regional Director for Good Old Region 3. And TJ Morgan, the digital content creator here at TalkUp Epsilon. All right, glad we got everyone. <laughs> it's exciting stuff. We're going to keep it light today. We're going to keep it fun. We're really excited about it. It's going to be a little different take on an episode. And I want to start out, we're going to tell some stories about the road, what life is like, and just keep it interesting. A little less formal, hopefully, than the normal uh, fare on the podcast. So if you said, hey, that's, that's not my speed, let's keep it fun, let's see some personalities, this is the episode to do that. So we're going to start out with the new guy on staff, Kevin Warnicky, with one of his stories from the road, and then we'll see where the day takes us. How's it going, Teague Nation? So being the new guy on staff, traveling is definitely something you're not used to, coming right out of college and having those experiences, you don't necessarily travel for work. So having our bond as Teague Nation, it's it was different to go into a new city. So my first traveling experience, I went to Kansas City and worked with a couple groups out there on recruitment with Delta Nu at Northwest Missouri State and Delta Lambda at University of Central Missouri, as well as Phi in Lincoln, Nebraska, and ending with Kappa Nu Colony in Rockhurst in Kansas City. And you have all of these interesting situations, and I went in super nervous about the entire thing, but once I started to get to know the alumni and have those experiences with meeting them, going to lunch, hearing their experiences, it kind of opens up and lightens the mood where the traveling experience isn't as bad as you think it would be or as nerve-wracking as you think it would be because we all share the same bond. And that's something that I thought was super cool. At the end of my visit, I ended with Kappa Nu Colony at Rockhurst University in Kansas City. And one of the cool things with that situation is it was Super Bowl weekend. So Kansas City Chiefs were playing the San Francisco 49ers, which was really, really cool, especially because it was 50 years since they've been in it. So really, really hyped in... Kansas City. I got to watch the Chiefs fans celebrate their win. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I wish I knew what that was like as a Lions fan, but you know, you know, good old Detroit. But you know, I'm a Vikings fan, so I I, I vibe with that really well. Uh, <laughs> never winning and always being disappointed. <laughs> hey, at least you've been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Vikings have been to a Super Bowl, but yeah, it was definitely a cool experience to see the alumni just invite me out to their house and engage, have fun, cook a lot of food, great wings, great catfish. I I was about it. 
Kansas City's got some good food too. So it's a definitely a different experience coming off the road for the first time, especially being solo. I had the first trip with Joseph Crisuanos over there, but that was something just to get to know the road a little bit and going off on your own it is definitely nerve wracking, but that was a great way to end my first experience on the road. And every time after that, it's just gonna be just as exciting in my opinion. Now that you've been to Kansas City, what do you think is the best football team in Missouri? Is it the Kansas City Chiefs or, in fact, the St. Louis Battlehawks? <laughs> Ooh, well, uh, I feel like this is going to cause some turmoil because uh, you're a St. Louis boy, and uh, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs on no. the Soul Farmers because that's my only team that I know. That's fine. I want to make it clear for the NFL that the Chiefs are my team. I'm going on record as a, as a native son of Missouri. But if we're talking about St. Louis City, we are talking about one of the XFL's most exciting teams on turf. Most yards, as of like three weeks ago, haven't been up to date recently, but they are the team to watch in St. Louis. <laughs> Try and get a NFL or XFL sponsorship. Good old Teak Nation, if you know anyone out there, let's, uh, let's get that in the works. I, I think if there's one thing you can say about that, though, it's uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're glad that Stan Kroenke is no longer in St. Louis, correct, Nick? Stan Kroenke is trash. If you go to the Dome, you can frequently hear Stan Kroenke is trash. Chance, if you go to a Blues game, Stanley Cup champions, how are you? That is what you will hear. So that's absolutely where we need to go. Absolutely. It's pretty exciting. They decided to open up the upper level of the Dome, too, for their last game. That's pretty, that's pretty cool because they weren't going to originally. Rumor on the street is I might be there for the Easter game. I don't know. I cannot confirm that because we don't know the time of the game. XFL, get on that, please. But I might be there. So, <laughs> Kevin, back to the story of the road. You're from North Dakota, correct? Correct. Where are you from in North Dakota? I was born in, or I was raised in Grand Forks, North Dakota. I went to school at North Dakota State in Fargo, North Dakota, which is gotcha. Delta Side Chapter for all you guys out in Teak Nation. So what was it like going to a completely new state, being around Teak's pretty much cut of a different cloth, for the first time on the road? Luckily, I had the experience of working for St. Jude over the summer. So I moved to Memphis and worked for Alsac St. Jude. So I had that experience of moving to an entirely new state. But also, I met up with the Christian Brothers Teaks down there in Memphis, good old Payette. So that was a first intro to that experience of going out and meeting new guys, especially in a new city that I'm living in. So coming to Indy and moving there and going out on the road meeting new guys is just something that I've gotten accustomed to which is kind of cool I think it's really, really fun to meet new people and just share your experiences because you could be 80 years old or you could be an 18 year old incoming freshman but you still have that same experience of you have that teak bond so it's super cool but yeah coming from a smaller town in North Dakota and basically moving to a bigger city and going to an even bigger city like Kansas City it didn't feel any different. It's still having the same experiences and having those conversations of how Teak changed us and made us who we are. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you see on the road is you have phenomenal volunteers, you have great alumni, you have really fun collegiates a lot of the time, and a lot of them are very driven, just like we all are being on staff and being the road warriors that we are. So having having... I'm going to push the Road Warrior thing. Road that would be Warriors, oh my God. <laughs> I like it. Kevin, so you, you mentioned you were obviously very excited to get out there and, and fly solo. i got to ask, you know, what are you looking forward to next, right? I mean, I've been on staff now for just shy of four years and can certainly remember my first trip like it was yesterday, but you're going to make a plethora more of those journeys, and I just want to know what you're looking forward to, whether it's impacting or a place that you want to go out there on the road. Definitely the thing that comes to mind is impact. That's something that I want to do just in my professional career as a whole. I want to go into international business consulting and seeing businesses grow and do better for themselves. So doing it on a teak level, doing it with collegiates and chapters and seeing them grow is what I want to see. I want to see Region 3 become one of the bigger and better experiences and have that big chapter base like we have now. I cover 36 groups, so we have, I think, 72. I would like to see it become maybe 80, but also have solid groups that are 60-man plus across the board. So I think impact is the biggest thing because we all do recruitment. We all have solid brotherhood. We all talk about philanthropy and everything that we do as a chapter, but 
having those experiences and building guys up and seeing growth in the region is what I am going to strive for, or at least that's what I want to strive for. You can build relationships all day, but having those guys grow themselves and be self-sufficient is something that I enjoy. I think it's really, really cool to see some of those bigger groups like Epsilon and Epsilon Kappa and all those big guys that are self-sufficient, but also about Teak Nation and helping other chapters as well. Yeah, I'm going to jump in on that. I've uh, been working on staff for almost two years now and in the Northeast been able to interact with a lot of chapters and, and make a lot of impact. But one of my favorite stories was, you know, yes, a main part of our job is being on the road, but a lot of the work that we do comes from interactions over the phone, over FaceTime, email, so on and so forth. I had a group that I had never worked with before out in New Jersey, and I got a call from their university saying, hey, these guys aren't in a great place. They are having some issues, and we want to work with you to solve some of it. And from April of 2019 until February of this last year, 2020, I was working with these guys on the phone, calling them pretty much every single week, even over the summer, working through some issues with the university, working with their new officers. They had a completely new officer corps that had just been elected and without a whole lot of transition. And so they were pretty much starting from scratch again. So there was a lot of opportunity there for them to pick things up and get moving. Luckily, those guys at uh, Sigma Upsilon and Ramapo were very motivated. And so we clicked pretty easily and they were just hungry to learn, hungry to learn about the best way to do things, hungry to have some guidance. And so with myself and some local advisors in the area, We've been working with them, got them on good relationships with the university, got them on good terms with us, pretty much completely changed the Teak experience that they were having of not a lot of people in the group knowing what was going on. Now they're really passionate about recruitment. They have guys who, are, who came to RLC and had a great time. And that was the first time that I met them, was in person at an RLC. They came up to me, and it was amazing to, after at that point, what, 10 months of not ever meeting these guys, but having a really close relationship with them, you know, calling and just talking about where they're at in their life, where I'm at, and helping them refocus on what Teak is. I had the pleasure of actually meeting with them, going to meet with their whole chapter, and I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. We've got a couple guys who are applying to Leadership Academy, fingers crossed for them. Good luck out there, guys. And I think they're on a really good track. And it was unfortunate that they had to start the end of last year in the place that they did, but they reached out, they got the help that they needed, and they really started to connect again with the fraternity. Just a little piece of wisdom coming from somebody who's been doing this for a little bit longer. That's the most impactful part about being on the road is finding however many guys in each group. It could be a majority of the group, it could be one or two guys, it could be you know just one guy who really, really gets it and wants to make a difference within his chapter or within his community, understanding where he comes from, if that's something with his family, if that's something that he personally is just connected with, and making a run with him and giving him all the support and resources that he needs. So shout out to you guys, Sigma Upsilon, Ramapo College, New Jersey. Glad to be able to work with you guys. Yeah. Speaking of someone who's been doing this a little bit longer, uh, Santos, senior guys. do you have a a uh, good story from the road. You, uh, you're clocking miles, you're clocking sky miles, you're clocking road miles. What aren't you clocking? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that fantastic intro, Nick. You know, it's funny because Shane just mentioned Leadership Academy, and that was one of the things that I wanted to bring up is, you know, back this fall I had you know, the opportunity to essentially see something come full circle that I never thought that I would see. And and that is, you know, I had the opportunity to attend Leadership Academy back when I was an undergraduate. It's a fantastic experience. Really learned a lot about myself, a lot about Teak's culture, a lot about the mission and where, you know, the fraternity was headed. Really got me bought in, and I think it's probably one of the reasons I ended up on staff. But while I was there, I was able to make friends with a guy named Dylan John. He's a Sri Lankan fellow, very, very charismatic. He gave me a gift within the first 30 seconds of meeting him, and I was like, yeah, this guy is hilarious. I want to remain friends with him. And Let's fast forward a few years, sitting at Conclave down in Orlando this past August and realized that we were going to need a new Grand Province advisor in the great state of Georgia. And my friend Dylan John, he's from the Georgia Southern chapter, Lambda Upsilon, and he was the first person that came to mind because he had just reached out saying he wanted to get back involved. And I was like, well, this is a great opportunity to go ahead and sit down and talk to him about 
what it means to be a volunteer in a, in a greater capacity and how he could serve not just his home chapter, but the entire state. Wait, wait. Well, so what was the gift that he gave you? <laughs> Ever since you said that, I was curious. Oh, yeah. So uh, he actually handed out a few of these little Sri Lankan keychains. And unfortunately, my, my memory is failing me, and I can't remember exactly <laughs> what type of wood it was, but I know there was something special about the type of wood. Was uh, it teak wood? It was not teak wood, to my knowledge. <laughs> and Dylan, if it was, I'm so sorry that I can't remember. But to no surprise, Dylan was was completely on board. You know, I gave him some onboarding materials, some pieces, let him know where the province was at, and he really just took the reins. And one of the you know the main pieces of being a Grand Province advisor is putting together one of those lovely province forums that we host once, if not twice a year, within a certain province and. You know, with some guidance from me and Mark Claire over there at University of West Georgia, Xi Theta chapter, he really was able to, to find his own and put together a, a great event. And so come later in the fall, you know, I was sitting in a room with you know, about 50 collegiates, him and a few other alumni, and just to watch him get up there at the front of the room, take the reins, take control of the room, get everybody laughing, get everybody moving, get that energy going, it's really just full circle, right? Like this is somebody who I knew as a collegiate and now I'm working with them as a professional staff member and them as the key volunteer in their state is truly just something that you know, made me take a step back and say, you know, this is why I do it. This is why I get out there on the road. This is why I make this contacts, build those relationships is to pull people in to help further the mission of the fraternity. So I'll give a quick shout out. I had similar experiences of uh, guys that I met at Leadership Academy who ended up working as volunteers and you know, I, it's a couple years removed between those two interactions, and it was really interesting to see how Leadership Academy or RLCs or, you know, especially Leadership Academy, it's a very transformative experience, had influenced growth of both myself and call the guy out, Sebastian Habermill, out there in Buffalo, Grand Province Advisor via Empire Province. He has taken it over, is doing a great job, and it's really awesome to see some of the younger volunteers and guys that I've had a relationship with grow in that capacity, too. Touching on the, the volunteer aspect of things, spending the fall semester on the road, one of the greater appreciations I had was for how dedicated a lot of our volunteers are. And I think I started that appreciation back when I was with my home chapter, Zeta Pi, and one of the few things we did well when I joined as a collegiate was our alumni engagement was was very, very good, starting from with our BOA chair, John Freetag, down to our chapter advisor, Nathan Sparks, when I joined... Holy name drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I talked to Garrett about this beforehand. He said it was fine to name drop him, so easy. But no, in that kind of, like, led me to that aspect that I wanted to do something more with Teague after I graduated, and now here I am on staff. But when you're on the road and you're on stretches of, of two or three weeks on the road like I did when I first started, which that was far too much time at one time. I should have broken that up a little bit more as I was told to do, but I didn't listen to those those warnings. But uh, <laughs> when you're on the road and you are, are working with collegiates all the time, you want to try to offload some of you know what you're doing to try and make your job a little bit easier. And a few of those key volunteers came into play, and there's someone that you can just call, you can go out and have a meal with. And a few of those guys that have really meant a lot to me so far have been Rich Kurtica out of St. Louis and Chicago. Hey, Rich uh, is a good guy, so that's a, that's Rich a, good, is a, great guy. That's a good name drop. Uh, and when I visited the town, he was very hospitable. We went out to dinner. It was a nice, casual conversation. He stopped by on his way down to Conclave to, to chat so he could get to know me a little bit better. But that man, I mean, from alumni association presidents to chapter advisors to board of advisors chairman, that man's going to be involved from the, from the minute he took the bond till, till the minute he is, is not around anymore. And it's, it's amazing what he does, what Lance Milliken, Brandon Rick, and then, you know, Steve Jones. When you go to these guys' towns and you need somewhere to stay or if you need someone to go out to a meal with or you need to have a conversation and talk about things, these guys are impeccable to work with. I called Lance. It was a week beforehand, and I was doing a province for him in Missouri. And he that's not his province, but he looks over the Founders Province in Illinois, but he lives down in St. Charles, and I called him up and said, hey, I need someone to co-facilitate this province for him with can you please come help me out on Saturday? And he dropped everything he was doing to come and help me out. So some of these volunteers do a lot more than what they're asked, and they go above the bar. And I really think that's what I appreciate most about 
what these guys do for us and how involved they are. They really take the fraternity for life serious. Yeah, Joey, that's a great point. I wanted to jump in. You mentioned earlier in that tirade that your last semester, fall semester on the road, is there a transition coming up? Can you can you speak to that and what you'll be doing for the fraternity as we move forward? Yeah, absolutely. So I took on the ARD role when I got hired in last June, and then Greg Halloran, who is our health and safety guy, before me took off for a really good opportunity in D.C., and I had gotten the opportunity to take over that health and safety role for the whole fraternity, not just the Midwest. So starting January 1, I took over that role, and with that, I'm going to be working directly with our chief risk officer, Greg, on the health and safety, housing inspections, risk incidences, working on e-compliance, making sure that the, the fraternity as a whole stays uh, safe and sound so we don't have any big worries impending in the future here. So, To your point and to Kevin's point earlier, it's there's no way we'd be able to do what we do without the volunteers on the road, so it's awesome that they support us. And all these guys are out there, and they're willing to help anybody in their provinces or within their local areas. So... If you don't have a relationship with your grand province advisor or with your province advisors or with your staff guy, definitely reach out to them. It's awesome to have that person to share ideas with and just get re-motivated about being in this fraternity. So as Donnie likes to say, get out of your teak neighborhood and go down the street, go a state over, you know, maybe go all the way to up into Canada and Montreal. Shout out to Kappa Chi and go visit those guys. I could say arguably get out of your teak neighborhood and get out there into teak nation. That was a heck of a turn of a phrase, Santos. So are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Um, I apologize. That's the mulligan. All right. Yeah, someone, someone check tape on that. Um, Joey, I know you talked about a lot about volunteers, and coming from the expansion side of the company, we work really closely with volunteers. And Victor, I know you've had the experience now of two expansions as well as your, your own story. So if you could kind of dive into that, I think that'd be, that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. Working with Oklahoma State for my first go around for expansion and now working with Westchester University. But yeah, volunteers have definitely been a, a, big, a big help to, to all of our operations down there. I come from a colony myself out at Sacramento State. Shout out Theta Upsilon. But we've always wanted to reach out to our volunteers because, like Shane said, we can't do it without them. We have a lot of things that we have to worry about, not only just recruiting, getting these guys ready to go, and make these connections that, that really build this group up and, and take, it to, take it to the next level. For Oklahoma State, they sent about eight guys to ROC just recently, and I know Frauder Santos over here helped them out, get them a good experience, and get them ready to go. But without meeting guys like Dalton and Javi, who are the current president and vice president down there. President. <laughs> but, um, and also guys like Herb Huser, who were really, really big on, on bringing Oklahoma State back. And, you know, volunteers down there, we're, we're definitely working with them right now. And, you know, Santos and Ethan have been really big helps with, with getting those guys ready to go. They're about to just sign about six or seven more guys. So... We're, we're really interested about what their future looks like, and with the help of the BOA and the help of alumni in the area, we're definitely going to be able to, you know, secure that group's future for, you know, years to come. And for, for Westchester, it's definitely about guys that we have down there already. Shout out Gilly from Philly. You know, they're always, they're always you know, super, super pumped to, to bring back new Alpha, and we're, we're definitely working with a, a very, very solid group down there. Even the Alumni Association is, is a very solid group to work with. They've always been there. They've always wanted to, to be, you know, very in touch with the group. And just like Joey said, you know, they'll, they'll definitely want to take you out to dinner, you know, take you out to see the great state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of things that we, we do with alumni and you know, our volunteers are, are a very big help for, for our expansions. It's a good point, Victor, and I'm glad that uh, I was not the only one to name drop, so I appreciate that. Victor, I have a question, and I know Kimball over here is kind of known as the recruitment expansion deity, if you will. Uh, he's pretty much been running that in Teak Nation for the last couple of years now. And you've learned a lot of his tips and tricks on recruitment expansion. And you have a pretty unique opportunity of building a group from nothing. So from your experiences of expansion so far, to you, what do you think is the most important piece of Teak that these guys either learn or exemplify? Or what do you look for for them to show that they connect with the fraternity? 
I think it's hard to really pinpoint what exactly drives these groups to excel. And I think for me, what, what I like want to teach them is, is definitely the vision of where, where they can take themselves, the mission of the fraternity, but it's also where, you know, what, what else we can teach them, right? We're meant to, to build the culture of the fraternity, and it, it's really about what their identity is going to look like. So whether they want to be the next top teak chapter or, you know, it, it's really just about for me and, and for guys uh, who've, who've done it before, it's really just getting them on that level to, to adapt, to create that experience for the guys that come after them and to be able to share that experience with the guys that they know who might or might not be interested in a fraternity because of whatever the reason might be. But it's really just about the vision and the culture. Uh, I think those are the two biggest pieces that I would say make or break a, a great expansion. So Shane, I know you were talking a little bit about RLC earlier, so I want to jump in here and ask if anyone has some funny RLC stories or some good stories from RLC. Kevin, I know you probably have one. Whoever wants to jump in, be more than welcome, but I'd love to hear some. Yeah, I guess I can start. So first RLC on staff, definitely a lot different than the collegiate experience, just because it's a lot of going around and actually presenting and being part of the facilitation. Doing your job working. Doing my job working, (laughs) uh, what I get paid to do. But also, you, you, you get paid. Yeah, we, we all get paid. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, yes, this is a paid position. <laughs> but a nice thing about RLCs and conclaves and all that is, being the fact that I did have that Saint Jude experience and got to work with them and do no more cancer rallies with them, and also doing no more cancer rallies for Teak is I could bring them the two of my passions together. So that was super cool. But I got a little cocky, uh, to say the least, for RLC this year and the no more cancer rally where. I decided to not have my entire slide packet put together in the right way to say the least, but took out some very important slides by accident, maybe on purpose. Um, We never know. You you never know. Uh, Let's say it was an accident. We'll we'll say it was an accident. And definitely messed up the flow for the No More Cancer Rally. It went well, still raised a lot of money for a great cause. Sometimes you think you're better than you are, and it doesn't go that way. So, so one could say that was a rather humbling experience in front of a rather large audience. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Especially looking at how well my first opportunity was for Conclave as a collegiate and doing the same experience. I uh, yeah got a little too uh, high horse. Yeah, this was your second one that you had done. This is my, like, fifth. Oh my gosh! But so a little too big for your britches. Yeah, like like I said, I uh, got a little too cocky. I mean, yeah, we tell people that you learn a lot on staff, but I mean, this is definitely it a takes time, dude. This is uh, definitely a new learning experience for me, where I will have all of my materials with me at all times, no matter what the scenario is. We hope. Yeah, we hope, right? That's, a good, that's probably a good call. That's uh, that goes for everything. That goes for chapter visits. That goes to FSL meetings. That's even one-on-one phone calls. You should know your material and know what you're going to discuss and how you're going to approach the situation, whether it's something light or something super heavy. But yeah, after having that experience within my first two months on staff, I definitely will not make that mistake again. Kevin, I think I speak for everybody when we say Teak Nation's excited for the new and improved, humbled Kevin to get back out there on the road. Uh, Nick, you, you looked like you were eyeing me and that you had something you know, interesting to share as far as RLC is concerned. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say my St. Jude Rally experience was as embarrassing personally as Kevin's was. Oh, <laughs> see you later. But I, uh, I had the pleasure to co-MC as it were, with our director of education, Alex Swenson, to St. Jude rallies and had an incredible experience with San Francisco RLC as well as New York, New Jersey RLC, both unique and different experiences for various reasons. That's you know, a little side tangent here, as I like to do if you know me. It's a giant country out there with a giant teak nation with all kinds of little cultural pieces across the entire United States, and there's different different strokes for different folks all out there. So and exciting stuff going from one coast to the other but there was, there was nothing nothing crazy I don't want to make it seem like that I had one where I was trying to do a practice presentation my first couple of weeks on staff with a PowerPoint and I had this habit of at each new idea that I had on the slide I would enter and then indent so the font got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and as I was going through, a bunch of people started laughing in the back and I didn't know what, what was going on somebody made the comment that I made it look like Russian nesting dolls 
So everybody had a big laugh of that. I was embarrassed, as you do. I don't do that anymore. I'm a lot better at using that. But I actually bought like a set of Russian nesting dolls that I have on my desk now to remind myself if I'm ever doing that kind of a presentation again, make sure that it's legible and people can read it from the back of the room. So a little lighthearted poking at people is sometimes a good thing. So all of us are on the road pretty often, either expansion or associate or regional directors. And pretty sure all of us are not from Indiana. You're from uh, East Coast. Victor's from Sacramento, St. Louis, North Dakota, and Joe and I are both from Michigan. So from you guys, I mean, what is it like being on the road? Oh, I'm sorry, and TJ's out from Oklahoma. We have all regions represented right now. What is it like for you guys being on the road, and what are some experiences that you've had that have made that time spent away from family or friends worthwhile? Yeah, I can jump in here. Being a road warrior is where the glory is at. I mean, warrior. I don't know how many times I can, I can drive that home. It's not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's you're staying in a, I don't know if it's a shock to anyone, we're not staying in like the Grand Hyatts and Marriott's, like the RLC experience, right? But it's a great time. If you really want to get to know yourself and learn about yourself and learn about the world, you're going to travel alone. There's nothing I think more exciting, uh, maybe I'm a little old school, but then to say, hey, I need to be on the East Coast for this expansion presentation at, I'll do my little name drop here, Longwood University. And, but I'm currently in somewhere in Illinois or Indiana or Missouri. And I get to drive down America's greatest highways and learn about the wonderful gas stations we have across this country. Um, but to, to go through and see the different terrain of the states, to experience the different culture, the different people, I, th I think that's super fun. I mean, not, you're not always driving. Sometimes you're on planes. But to have that experience, to, to travel alone, to experience the country in a different way than majority of people. I'm not, I'm not a math or stats guy. I never claim to be. But it's something like majority of people never leave 60-mile radius of where they live or where they're from. And while that might be accurate, there's... 13 neighborhoods, some might say. Some might say that. <laughs> um, but that's, that's one of the really great perks I think about doing this job or having any sort of traveling job is getting comfortable being uncomfortable getting out and experience different parts of the country different people because you can go state over and it's a completely different dialect if you're from my parts of the country a different twang and that's that's really cool um there's different experiences there's believe it or not there are some uh, gas stations out there that still do not take cards so um, oh no those are the worst i mean maybe not the worst but like no they're the worst <laughs> well the, the offset that i think a lot of people don't realize is if you can't pay with card you can probably get some chili from the crock pot um at those gas stations <laughs> true, and it's true, pretty true. good or they have uh they have like what is it Boiled peanuts in like Kentucky, in Tennessee. Is that <laughs> yes. what they are at the gas station? Uh, they're fantastic. They're all over the South, brother. And yeah. And some of the gas stations you hit, you even are still full service, which is wild to come across. Um, full service is in like they fill your gas tank. Yeah, up? they fill your gas tank up for you and everything. Yeah, that's that's the law in New Jersey. So it's fun out there. Nick, you look like you had something burning. You want to say over there, brother? Yeah, I'll, I'll get it at some point. It's something with uh, gassing people up and. And filling up your tank, metaphoric. What we, we throw around here is, you know, pumping the tires, just giving people their due credit, a little confidence boost, if you will. Nick, it's funny that you brought that up because I feel like that is one of the things that I thoroughly enjoy on the road, right? Like, obviously, you're just talking about logging the miles, staying in the hotels, different place every night, getting on that grind, whether it is driving or whether it is flying. And I think one of those things that, you know, that really keeps me going is the ability to, to make that impact and to gas up as it were, our groups with each visitation, right? I think back to last spring going on a tour Alabama, and I mean, I was on the road for a little over a week and a half, and by the time I got to Troy, which was my last stop, you know, I spent a good four or five hours with those guys well into the wee hours of the night, and they were like, man, like, you just keep going with this stuff. And I was like, yeah, and you're the seventh group I've hit this week. They're like, how do you have this much energy still? And I said, I, 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 I scraped down to the bottom <laughs> of the barrel, and it's, it's not because, uh, it's not because I don't want to, it's because every group that we go out there and, and visit deserves the best experience possible, deserves the, the best version of us. And I know I can't put my head on that pillow at night if I know I didn't deliver that for you guys. And I think that's you know one of the things that at least brings it home for me and makes it worth it, the time away from the family or the time spent in the car, logging those windshield miles, just to know that we get out there and, and we make a difference and we get a chance to gas those guys up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you people, you know, they might see you crushing it at a chapter visit at 10 o'clock or 11 on a Monday night, but they don't realize that that day started at 
4.30 in the morning when you got up for your flight to travel halfway across the country, get on a flight at 6 a.m., you went and met with the school, you took a conference call for an alumni or maybe something from the office. We do have you know CEO sync-ups, we have calls with our bosses, we have things to make sure the fraternity is running, not just in what are doing day to day, but what are the next three to four weeks look like? What does the next six months look like in, in some cases? If it's if it's if we're getting into RLC season, Leadership Academy, Conclave, and you're, you're going, you're grinding, you're meeting with officers and then you're going to see the entire chapter and and you're getting to the hotel to check in at at one in the morning but you still have energy you're still going because you're on such an adrenaline high of wow what what impact is it that collegiate member is going to have an enhanced resume or they're going to recruit three more guys and three more people are going to get this experience because it's a deeper calling to to do this to to be a volunteer for the fraternity to to work for staff to invest additional time in this organization because I feel like we all do it because we had such a phenomenal experiences. It's collegiate members that made us the men we are today that put us on the life trajectory and the path we are and we do it to pay it forward and give it back not to uh, go too deep sorry. So you guys have both talked about I mean that you, you guys have to be schedule masters basically like you have Absolutely. to line up your semester can you can you walk through a little bit just how uh, Santos was saying about seeing seven chapters in a week. What is that like to schedule and how does that work with budgeting? How does that work with, I mean, your personal taxation about, can I actually do this being on the road for two weeks? Like someone mentioned, what is that like? Yeah, absolutely. And like Nick touched on, you know, when you're planning out all these schedules, you have to be, you know, you have to be budget conscious. I mean, we're not staying at the Grand Hyatts or the the Ritz Carlton's every night, not flying first class. A lot of this we're driving. I mean, yeah, you get on the flight occasionally here and there. But when you sit down at the beginning of the semester, and for me who came in in June, I had to really sit down before Conclave and really start to plan out my schedule because some of these things you want to lock up when you're in person versus trying to communicate through text message or email. So I wanted to make sure I had a pretty rough idea of what my schedule was going to be at Conclave so I could talk to these these chapters and these members and, and get it all planned out there for the most part. And then you come up with this rough draft and you present it to some of these guys at Conclave or through text message or email, and then they're like, oh, that day doesn't work for me. Well, if that one day doesn't work for, for the one of the visits you're gonna do, now you pretty much have to scrap that whole trip that you were gonna do and replan it for a different time, because if you don't visit with that those one or two groups, you know, there's not as much return on investment or, and you're not providing the value that you need to. So it's, it's, it's very stressful, but it, in the long run, it's all worth it. And going back to a little bit about what Santos said, when you get to see the value paying off and you get to see how much you know those out there appreciate what you do and the countless hours you put in when you go into conclave on a monday or tuesday and you have you know you're setting up and then you are there all week doing that and then come showtime thursday through saturday it's crazy how many of the collegiates or volunteers will pull you aside and say hey we saw you down here till 10 with the program, and then another two or three hours working and talking with collegiates about whether it's finance or their initiates or recruitment or whatever. And then, you know, you don't get to bed till 12, one in the morning, and then you're up in a suit the next day and showered by 7 a.m. to kick off the conclave morning. They ask you how you did it. And it's very, it's, it's not the easiest, but it makes it all worth it when you see it pay off. So seeing all that and seeing all the time you put into the schedule come all together, it makes it more than worth it. Yeah, that, that sounds, for you traveling guys especially, it's it's cool that legitimately members are go first. Like everything down to the scheduling of your chapters relies on what you do for the members mm-hmm. and them. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's a big thing too with the fact that I'm like one of the new guys. So coming in and having to figure out the scheduling, being a mid-year hire, it's, I started in January. Normally there's a whole planning process over the summer of what your year looks like and I wasn't a part of that. So having to figure out your schedule and all of that is fairly difficult, but also you learn your limits. Being on the road for nine days and having an RLC to end it all, oh it, my gosh. It, yeah, yeah. it was definitely uh, a different experience and it didn't intentionally be that way. It's just kind of this group needed help. So I would drive up to Northern Illinois or wherever it may be. And mm-hmm. so in this case, I was in Illinois basically the entire nine days. and. I got to the end of it and what kept me going is the fact that I'm helping each group grow and develop in their own way and that's what hypes me up is having those guys learn and be passionate about growing themselves and they might not have thought about certain recruitment tactics or how to fundraise or even what some of our programs are. I've had groups that 
didn't know what Leadership Academy was or what the Collegiate Leadership Seminar at St. Jude was or even what some of our resources are, whether it's teak.org or even the module. I've had some right. groups that haven't been taught that or it didn't transition well with some of the groups. So it's giving them the learning experience of what we do and how we operate and how we do it well yeah. and seeing them excited and being able to go out and do things on their own and get those the next guy or get For sure, yeah. the all of their fundraising goals done or maybe it's service hours or whatever it may be. But it's those things that hype me up and kept me going. You definitely learn your limits being on the road. There's great meetings and then sometimes there's not so great meetings. <laughs> yeah. It really depends on the discussion points and some of them are difficult. It could be finances, it could be maybe your chapter is seven guys and needs to recruit 10 for the year, otherwise you might not last. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that happens, it's the difficult conversations, but it's if you can motivate them and help them in any way, it's what we're here for. Yeah. Especially yeah. being on the traveling staff and just being an ARD, it's I end every single email or text message of how can I help you? I am here to help, I wanna help, what can I do to make your experience better? Because I had a phenomenal experience, all of us in this room probably had a phenomenal experience, and that's why we're here. That's why yeah. we joined staff. We're supporting groups in like the very serious, very detrimental situations that they're in, like a group of seven guys where six of them are seniors and gonna graduate. What are they gonna do? Groups that have been in debt for Lord knows since 2009 in some cases, and how are we going to help them get out of that situation? And yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things, there's a lot of learning opportunities that groups need to have. But when you have that time when somebody really connects with it, that's what keeps us going. I know Nick and Santos were talking about how we gas groups up, but when they get excited about it and want to have that help, it gases us up. I mean, I, I will never say that I am an athlete by any means, but. Having oh, yeah, to be on the road. <laughs> hey, I've been in, I've been going to the gym a little bit more, so I'm working on it. Nice. Um, <laughs> but being on the road for you know 14 days and you get one good visit, that's what, like you said, that's what keeps us going. That's what builds up your stamina of I got to do this again. I got to get on the road and be at a new campus by 9 a.m. tomorrow, and I got to be at the best that I'm at. So at the very least, this job has helped me keep that energy going, keep that perspective, and dig real deep on what I got in myself so I can be prepared and ready for that next meeting. Yeah, and to jump on the topic of, you know, gassing each other up, <laughs> it's really that energy piece where you are working from 4 a.m. till midnight, 1 and 2 in the morning, and it's really just about sharing that good news with each other, right? We had that news email chain going on over the summer that I feel like we should probably bring back that we just shared all our success and all our stories that we just want to you know, had over the weekends, like, hey, I recruited 10 guys this week. You know, what did, what did you do? I recruited, you know, 15 guys. Or, you know, my chapter is not closing anymore or whatever it is, right? Yeah. It's really just that, that energy piece that, that, that keeps me going, you know, whether it's for you guys, you guys are on the road, you know, a couple weeks out of the year. And, you know, for me and Nick, it's, it's a little bit different where we're gone for months on end, you know. Nick's yeah, because that is the difference in you guys' position. Yeah, sure. and as, you know, Nick always says, you know, living the dream, brother. Uh, but it, it, it's really just about uh, it's really just about how to just like uh, some of you guys have said how to adapt right how to how to just make yourself you know feel a little bit more comfortable where I'm at and for me that was that took some time to to go on my first trip it was really a rough start but you know it really kicked off it really was just about you know getting comfortable with myself getting comfortable with my job and really just getting comfortable with that schedule piece that you, you guys mentioned and my first flight was to Texas with Zach and Nick. So, I mean, I was in a big traveler before I joined staff, and now I'm traveling the country and impacting a lot of people. Living the dream. Uh, living the dream, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Sacramento, yeah, exactly. It was, it, was wait, pretty wait. Much, it was pretty much after my graduation. I just had, to, had about a couple of weeks to, to pack up and didn't even get to say goodbye to some of my good friends, but shout out to all of you guys. But, yeah, it, it, was, really t it was really tough, you know, moving out here and, you know, getting acclimated, but then also moving and then coming back and also having to reacclimate myself every single time. But it, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to, to do all this and impact as many people as I, as I do and continuing to do that. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been a blast. So a funny part, since I was actually a roommate with you whenever we moved in, I know that- no, Tell a story about how you moved out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Don't no. cut that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, because <laughs> I know that we had mentioned earlier about everyone moving here from <laughs> 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 
So, yeah, I know that we... I just say I've been living with Ethan Wells for the last two years, and we've been mostly okay, so... You guys need to sort out your roommate issues before you get on the podcast next time. (laughs) (laughs) So since we all kind of moved here from somewhere different, was there any interesting part of moving here that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll actually, I know I'm not Kevin nor Victor, but I will chime in here. I had the opportunity to apply for this job while I was actually living in Park City, Utah. And so as you can imagine, being 2,000 miles away, it was slightly daunting knowing I was going to need to pack up my stuff, not move it immediately to Indianapolis, but move it all the way back to the Boston area and then move another thousand miles back west to Indianapolis and do an apartment that I had never seen before. So you want to talk about taking a chance. It was definitely something that myself and the three other guys that were hired at the same time as me were were willing to make. And I have to say, I, I don't regret it for a second, even yeah. though our, our first apartment here in Indianapolis was, shall I say, sketchy. Um, (laughs) It did have some heart, and I know even Kimball over there at the end of the table can attest as he had the opportunity to to live with us for a month for his first part of his tenure on staff. That air mattress was awesome. Shout out Corey Martin. Big, big shout out to Corey Martin and that air mattress. But yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where you got to take the chance, but it's it's well worth it. Yeah, my experience was absolutely terrible. Planning to move right at the end of December, basically the day after Christmas was when I was going to start my drive. I was going to unpack up that day, be fully packed, good to go. I had just bought a brand new car, so I was going to go pick up my trailer. And on the way to go pick up the trailer, I got hit by a pickup and totaled my vehicle. See, this is you just getting too cocky again. You bought a new <laughs> car right before driving out here. You didn't get ready for the same you thing. Know, <laughs> third it, time's it, the charm, man. you got to get this down. We'll I, help I'll, you I'll out. get it. I'll get we'll it. Get but there. yeah, after totaling my car within... Six hours, I found the only one-way moving U-Haul that I could take to Indiana. And I packed up all my stuff instead of into a trailer, into a 12-foot U-Haul box truck. Drove the 12 hours overnight, slightly concussed. Not the greatest decision of my life by any means. But pulled into Indy about 9 a.m. on that Friday and moved all my stuff in my apartment and started the next week. Yeah. It's... Definitely Casual. a story. Yeah, it's uh, it didn't go well, and insurance was terrible, and yeah, just not a great experience by any means. It took two months to figure all that out, but you know, I'm here. It's been a great time since I joined staff and started. And moving is definitely not something I want to do in the near future because it just doesn't go well for me, apparently. You just finished up finishing up with your insurance stuff, didn't you? Last week is when I got my insurance check. That's, that's and beautiful. I, Three months. And I claimed it on December 26th. Congrats. A terrible, <laughs> terrible time. I was going to say, between me and another fellow staffer here, Colin, we, we Ubered you around there for a little while. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a great show of brotherhood and uh, <laughs> the bond that we have with guys on staff and the Did fact that we... you give them a five-star rating? They both got a five-star rating. All right, good. 100%. I'd say so. pretty much any time I picked you up, I texted you. I was there like an Uber driver, so. Yeah, he took the literal Lyft and Uber text messaging and inputted my <laughs> name and said, look for the black Colorado <laughs> and just <laughs> made it kind of funny. But yeah, that was definitely an inconvenience, especially being in a new city, not being able to travel, do anything. And the fact that I'd have to walk a mile to do my laundry was also not fun <laughs> because it's not connected to my building. So yeah. just a very interesting experience across the board. Beautiful. Not something I ever want to experience again, but hey, it's the, the way it goes sometimes. Well, Teak Nation, I hope you enjoyed the this new format of our podcast here. It's something different, but we will look to do in the future. Please leave comments, questions. Feel free to reach out to anyone, whether it is related to Teak or not. If you just say, hey, Santa seems like a really cool guy to talk to. I'd like to establish a friendship. Do that. Get in line. Uh, if, you, if you don't think that, you can also uh, shoot him a message, I suppose, and say, you don't seem like a really cool guy. I don't want to get to know you. I'm just kidding. Please be nice. Less of a um, that. But yeah, we'll, we'll go around the horn here and give everyone a chance to, to say a little goodbye here and wrap up to our frauders out there in Teak Nation. And then we'll, uh, we'll sign off here. TJ. Final thoughts. Yeah, so it's definitely cool getting to hear your perspectives, knowing that you are all on traveling staff and I am more of a home staffer here. And so knowing how much you guys have to go through that is completely different from my Teak professional staff experience is very insightful and cool to know that you guys are out there being road warriors, I guess I'll admit it. But then what does that make us here at home staff? Home, home warriors. Home warriors. So 
it's really cool to get to know that and for sure please keep out there and doing the great job that we need you guys to do in building up our chapters thanks tj again this is shane i just want to say thank you to all of those out there collegiate members advisors who are doing the good work following the mission building up and supporting our members as much as we push that development, we are developing ourselves here on staff, and it's a great experience. And we've seen a lot of us an example of what TEAT can be, and we are continuously pushing that expectation of excellence. And we hope that everybody here listening will bring some of that to heart and keep doing the good things that TEAT can do. Those are great words, Shane. Just in wrapping up here, I just want to thank everyone out there in TEAT Nation for making this possible for all of us to do. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work, but the value pays off in the end. And I want to take the time, just a real quick shameless plug here on YouTube, Joey Kurzwanos. Check it out if you're into bowling. It's a really good time. I know I'm going to catch flack for it. But anyway, thank you for the first cool experience on the podcast, and it's it's been a blast. Cut that. Cut that out. Thanks, Joey. It's very exciting to be here. It's my first time on the podcast always wanted to say first time long time so there it is on a podcast hopefully not the last yeah hopefully not the last i think a lot of good information was shared some insight i know a couple of times might have seemed like we were just trying to commiserate with all of you out there who are listening just know that we have a heck of a staff here that is doing their best to go out there and and make an impact change cultures further the mission of the fraternity and please 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 reach out and utilize us. I know we do our best to reach out to you, but but do not think for a second you're bothering us by sending that text message, placing that call, shooting that email. We are here for you. We are here to make sure that you are as successful as possible. Thanks, guys. Yep. Just like Santos said, you know, a lot of good stuff out there. You know, Victor here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure. You know, don't cut my parts, TJ. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's been a blast to share these stories with you guys. I know we don't get to do this very often, but it's been it's been a pleasure being in this room with you guys. Thanks, Vic. It's it's been great to be on the podcast. Definitely a new experience for me. But like everyone said, great information that was said. And if you have any questions, you always can reach out. And it's always great to be on staff and be inspirational, but also be inspired by all of our experiences and the collegiates and alumni and volunteers that we work with on a day-to-day basis. And hopefully we can continue that and it help us grow and help you grow and make Teak Nation the biggest fraternity that it can be. And thank you, Teak Nation, for being the greatest fraternity that it can be. Well, Kevin, that was almost the shortest answer you gave today. (laughs) Uh, Beautiful. Teak Nation, I hope you all got to see a little bit of personalities. Like I said, a little different setup here today. If you like it, leave a comment. Feel free to reach out to us. But frauders, brothers, Teak Nation, we're going to end it. Cue us out, please. Hit the music. See (laughs) y'all.